listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Ever since COVID, what we know to be the norm is rapidly changing. In order to adapt to this, your business must adjust and transform accordingly. For pharmacies, unlocking the profession's potential to improve patient care is where this opportunity lies. Today's product-focused role of the pharmacist calls for the industry to move toward clinical services. The focus will be on prevention over treatment, and care will happen in the home or community. As accessible and trusted healthcare personnel, pharmacists can play a big role. Happier at Home harnesses this opportunity by showing the benefits of expanding your pharmacy into home care services and how this is a recipe for success. Innovation and growth will help community pharmacies to continue to exist and thrive in the future. Hey, we're back. Happier at Home PRN podcast with Debbie Marcello, founder of Happier at Home. Debbie, it's great to see you. Uh, we keep meeting up at these pharmacy conferences. Um, I love running into the energy that you bring. We had a great time at the Profit Summit Live in Dallas. It was so good to see you. Yes, we did. It was a lot of fun. Todd and I were actually dancing together and had it videotaped. So we did. <laughs> that nice. was pretty cool. It was uh, one of those photo booths that was interactive almost. So I thought, hey, what the hell? Do it. So <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of fun. It was a great time. Nice. And we made a lot of great connections. Um, you interviewed me there and yeah. as well as so many others for an episode of your um, your podcast as well. So <laughs> it was great to see you and to see Brady. It was always wonderful. So um, today I'm very excited to have Trent Vocal with us. Uh, Trent is one of the owners of Buffalo Pharmacies in Buffalo, New York, and I'm coming from you to you from Rochester, New York. Uh, but I wanted to tell you how incredible this person is. I've known him for probably what six years, I think, maybe Seven a little years, bit longer. Yeah. Seven. Okay. Yep. Uh, and he is my OG, my original gangsta of uh, our happier at home. Um, Trent and I uh, met and we'll talk about our, our journey and how we he got to become one of our first franchisees in uh, of Happier at Home. So welcome, Trent. It's so nice to see you, you. and thank you for joining thank us. You. Yes, good seeing you as well. And Todd, good seeing you again. Thank you I so know. much. Um, so do you remember how it was? I do, but I'm just testing you. Do you remember how you uh, connected with me? So, uh, yeah, as a matter of fact, so we had uh, been looking for uh, different ways to differentiate our pharmacy and services that we provide. You know, we we do retail pharmacy and at that time, durable medical equipment. And then we have a long term care uh, pharmacy, a closed door pharmacy. And uh, we were looking at um different revenue streams and different ideas. So I knew the companion care at that time, I think it was about seven years ago that we started looking at it. And we um, did a Google search of companion care companies and you know a bunch came up and I saw that uh, Happier at Home was based in Rochester, New York. And so uh, I put a inquiry in and I believe it was Trisha who had reached out to me 
and uh, gave me kind of the performa as to uh, how things work and all of that. And then we did, um, you know, we were interested and we wanted to explore more. So uh, Alec and I uh, drove out to Rochester and met with you and uh, we uh, did a couple site visits with you and some interviews that you had done and stuff like that to kind of give us a taste of what, you know, a daily routine would be. And uh, from there, we decided that we were going to go ahead with it and did our training and then, you know, kicked off with the uh, with the happier at home. And it's uh, been a great, uh, a great ride. And, um, you know, we just picked up a location in Texas with the uh, happier at home as well. So, um, yeah, it's been a, uh, a fabulous uh, seven years or so of uh, working with Debbie. Thank you. It's been a pleasure working with you too, especially knowing how open you are with um, new ideas, your entrepreneurial spirit. Um, I remember when you and Alec, Alec Gillies came to uh, Rochester to visit us at my office. And uh, I do have to mention one of the things I hear from those that are looking into a happier at home franchise, everyone, I think every single one of them uh, asks about staffing and mm -hmm. concerns with staffing. And I do remember that that was one of the things that you yep. and Alec asked me about. Yep. Um, so that, um, uh, you know, can you tell us a little bit about that? I know this isn't the direction we're going, but, uh, I just, I just want people to understand, uh, that it's not as scary as it all seems because I right. know in pharma, the pharmacy world, um, it is difficult with staffing with your, right. um, pharmacy techs and that kind yeah, of I thing. Think, I think it's kind of a, a, a nasty quote unquote stereotype, so to speak, that everybody's like, oh God, you know, companion care, you know. The staffing is going to be an issue. Um, you know, it definitely is one of the more top priorities that any person is going to have to deal with on a routine weekly basis. But it's not as bad as what everybody makes it out to be. Um, so it's really, yes, it is a factor that's going to have to be considered and dealt with on a frequent basis, but it's not like you know, you know, doom and gloom, the sky is falling with it. It's a little bit more challenging, but I think that has become <clears throat> less of an issue because I think hiring in general, doesn't matter what business it is, brings those challenges with it. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't honestly see it as being um, any worse or better than any other industry that's out there. Uh, if anything, I think it's sometimes maybe a little bit easier in some instances to get people because people have the freedom when they're working as a caregiver to pick and choose the assignments, the days and the times that they want to work. Um, and it also allows them that they're not going to an office or to a nursing home or an assisted living facility. They're going to somebody's home and there's, you know, it's not the same environment. They're able to change up their environment. It's, it's different things all the time. So while they work for us, they're almost kind of like an independent contractor because they can pick and choose what assignments they want. So they can, you know, kind of dictate what type of, you know, workload they want, how many hours they want to work, what times they want to work, rather than being told, okay, you have to be here at this time. You're working nine to five and you're on D-Wing. 
and you're passing meds and it's the same thing it's groundhog day with this it offers people a lot of um, opportunity for change and diversity so i think a lot of caregivers <clears throat> have started to recognize that and the pay in the private sector like with happier at home is generally more competitive than what they're getting in a facility um so you know a lot of those caregivers are starting to come over and realize that yeah and with our uh, training and everything like that we have the system set up with how to mm -hmm. recruit who to recruit right. uh employee retention things like that so Correct. so very good yeah i and one of the other things that um we hear <laughs> about uh that may be a little bit confusing uh and uh, our purpose of our podcast today is really to talk about the uh different ways that you could help people in their homes with their medications with their medication compliance and uh providing those services mm -hmm. uh so you um provide compliance packaging tell me about wow. what type of packaging you do and how mm. how you work that in homes or even independent living facilities sure. that type of thing so if uh, a lot of times it usually originates from <clears throat> a family member that is usually out of town or whatnot and you know mom or dad or whoever uh, they're you know representing is having problems remembering remembering when to take their medications so they'll ask us if we have any solutions um, that, uh, you know, we can use to, you know, um, help the client. Um, everybody's familiar with, you know, the traditional, you know, pill minders that, you know, you get for free. They're usually given out the little simple one week strip and, you know, you can put your medication in there. Problem with those is that, you know, it's only for that whole day. So, you know, you might have morning afternoon and evening meds mixed into one cup it's still requiring somebody to sort through and make sure that they're taking the correct medication at the correct time so what we did is um in looking at different systems that are out there um what we have is like what we call a bingo card so all the medications are packaged like you would get you know like any over-the-counter medication where you take the medication use your thumb and push the medication through so what we do is customize those to each client so what we'll do is for example on a monday it'll be an entire the strip will be um it'll include a whole week in one package and it'll have monday at the top and it'll have morning afternoon lunchtime evening bedtime and we will put the medications in according to the time that they're supposed to take the medication. So as long as they know that, okay, first thing in the morning, I've got to take my medications. Okay, it's Tuesday. They go right to it. They pop the medication out at that time. All the correct medications are right there for them. We take the thinking game out of it. You don't have to have somebody come into the house to sort the medications out on a weekly basis and all of that. Our technicians will fill the medications, putting them in the appropriate spots for the appropriate times with the appropriate medications. The pharmacist checks it. And then what we do is heat seal it. And then what we'll do is you'll get four total cards for a month. We'll take those <clears throat> and deliver them out to the customer every week uh, or every, excuse me, every month. 
Um, the good thing is, is like when, um, you know, clients travel or anything like that, they just take the whole package with them. They've got everything right there. Every medication is listed uh, individually on the back, showing what medications they're taking, what the pill looks like, how often they're supposed to be taking it and for what they're taking it. And so if there's any discrepancy or any question as to, okay, what medication is in this particular spot, you go right to the back of the card and it lists everything right there for them. So it really takes the guessing work out of when they should be taking the medication and you know what medications they should be taking. Additionally, it'll also show you if there's a, a blister that hasn't been opened and it's past the time that they should have taken it, obviously then, telltale sign that they missed their medication. You know, a lot of times if, you know, elderly people get, you know, uh, confused or forgetful, so they might completely forget. And if you were just to go in there and ask them, hey, did you take your medication? Ah, I think I did, but I'm not quite sure. Well, with this, you look right at the card and if the medication's there, they obviously didn't take it. So there's no guessing about whether they missed a dose or whatnot. So it, it kind of helps with um, ensuring that they're compliant with their medications and you know with elderly people and stuff like that you know you want to make sure that if they're on specific you know blood thinners if they're on heart medications cholesterol medications uh, kidney medications those are very imperative to be taking at specific times so right. uh, you really don't want to miss a dose on those so this kind of helps to ensure that you know we're doing the labor and the service to make sure that our customers are um, compliant with their medications that they're taking. Do you have any patients of uh, Happier at Home, your Happier at Home company, that mm -hmm. you're also providing medications in their home too? We do. So anytime we onboard a new um, Happier at Home client, we absolutely offer this service to them um, if, if it's something that they would like. So in New York State, we cannot take medication from another pharmacy and take those medications out of their vials and put it into our packaging. That would be considered distri uh, distribution. So they would have to get their medications from us. So if they don't want to get their medications from us, then obviously we will talk to them about, okay, well, talk to your local pharmacy and see if this is something that they can do. If it's not, let us know. We're more than happy to do all the legwork, get all the prescriptions transferred over to us. Copay is going to be the same. And, you know, your your copay is your copay. Your insurance company tells whether it's Rite Aid, CVS, or Buffalo Pharmacies, it's going to be what the insurance company says. So from a cost standpoint, the medication cost is going to be the same. But a lot of people like, you know, who they've been dealing with, with their pharmacies for a long time. They've got that relationship and that loyalty. So we completely get it if they don't want to switch. But we absolutely provide that to them as a uh, tentative um, option for them. Yeah, very good. And um, <clears throat> so in my experience, you know, I'm a registered nurse mm -hmm. uh, and when I was operating my own happier at home uh, location, one of the things that we did, and in New York State has to be an RN as well, was to actually set up those pill boxes mm -hmm. in the home. Mm -hmm. um, one of the, so that is a continued solution for the happier at home um, 
owners. But one of the reasons that I found that families chose to have someone come to the home to set it up each week is because they like to have someone visit. They like mm-hmm. to have that nurse lay eyes on their loved one and make sure uh-huh. that they were okay check in with them, you know, have a little conversation. So um, right now you don't have anyone that you're setting up pillboxes for in their homes, correct? For the Medicube? Uh, No, just the pillboxes themselves. No. So because we don't, for our happier home uh, locations, we do not have any nurses uh, with our happier at home, nor do we have any nurses within our pharmacy organization. Now, technically speaking, a pharmacist could go out there, um, but that's for, you know, for us to send the pharmacist out there, it's pretty cost prohibitive. Too much. Yeah. Yeah. So um, then, so we're kind of looking at these different options, compliance packaging, whether it's in the cards. I know some of our other franchisees use the strip packaging. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those work well. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then we have the setup in the home Mm -hmm. of pillboxes. And as you said, for every state, it is different. There are different requirements to be able to set the medications up in those pill boxes in the home. Mm-hmm. But then we come to uh, the folks that have dementia, who have memory problems, who maybe are um, abusing narcotics uh, that just can't remember if they took them because mm-hmm. they're uh, abusing narcotics. So right. for for those people, what what kind of solution do you have uh, maybe with caregivers or even uh, devices to be able to administer medications at home? Sure. So, you know, outside of the, um, you know, compliance packaging that we provide, um, you know, with narcotics is, a, you know, it's a tough area because, it's, you know, kind of an endemic of society today. So, um, you know, in those instances, the Medicube works out very well, which is basically um, a little machine about the size of a curd coffee maker. And all those medications are locked into this machine. And basically, it's very similar to the compliance packaging outside of it's a machine that will dispense the medication for them at the appropriate time. So you can really drill down and get very specific with it. Um, you know, with the, what time the medications are and um, make it very, very specific to each individual client. The good thing with that is that it'll set off an alarm and it can be somebody's voice. It could be an alarm. It could be that the machine will contact their cell phone to tell them to take the medication. Countless opportunities uh, and options to, you know, notify the client as to when to take the medications. Um, But the good thing with the Medicube is that it takes a picture of the medication. So you know exactly what's being dispensed at what time. And if that medication comes out and then when the tray pops open, that medication is still there, then you know, okay, they didn't take the medication. It'll also show you if it's being uh, abused and, you know, trying to be overridden. So with the Medicube, um, there's various options. You can just have a basic rental of the machine per month. 
um, where it's just basic services where it's going to dispense the medications out for the uh, patient. And, you know, we'll come in once a month, fill it for them, and then, you know, uh, lock it back up for that month. Um, so it really um, is a fabulous solution for the, uh, for if there is instances of, you know, whether a caregiver might be taking the medication or whatnot. Um, additionally, with the Medicube, it also allows us to, um, one of the things that we offer is medication therapy management. So where we will monitor the medication. So if they don't take that medication or they miss it, the machine will know that they didn't take that medication and it notifies us. Then in which case the pharmacist will intervene, get in touch with the client. If they're not, if it's not the client, that's the point of contact. It could be a family member. It could be a caregiver that's within, you know, that's taking care of them. And, we and the will machine will them. send a text message to you to say they missed the dose. Correct. Correct. Yes. Correct. So um, in that instance, you know, that, you know, we'll monitor that on a daily basis for them to ensure that they're being compliant. And, and then if need be, then we can, if they're not being compliant, then we can uh, get in touch with the prescriber of said medication and then notify them so that they now have it documented that, okay, they're not being compliant with their medication. We're trying to, um, you know, get in touch with them. We're not getting in touch with them and all of that. So that way now the, the provider is saying, okay, well, this medication, when the client comes in, and they're saying, okay, it's not making any difference for me. And, uh, you know, the medication isn't helping. Well, it's funny because we've gotten calls from your pharmacy that you're not taking the medication because the machine is. So it just helps to, you know, streamline that continuity of care um, from the prescriber down to the point of administration. Yeah, I love that machine. I mm. love that it gives reminders, uh, the audible mm. reminders and can yep. just report on that compliance. It really does help. Sure. Increase compliance for those that have those memory issues. And I like the point that you made that uh, if there's anyone else in the home that may want those medications, whether it's Xanax or mm -hmm. something else that they're interested in, that machine's locked. And if you try to pick mm -hmm. it up, it actually speaks to you and says, hey, put me down. So right. it's pretty cool. And it's a, it sends an alert to you. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a great solution for somebody that's still very independent, can do all the everyday things in the home, but maybe getting forgetful as to the medications and family may not be there. So, um, you know, it's a good opportunity for the pharmacy to utilize that in this instance, because they don't necessarily need a caregiver yet. Um, so this kind of is, you know, basically a, a medication babysitter that, you know, basically says, okay, we're going to, you got to take your medication right now. So it's kind of bridging the gap, so to speak. Very good. It's great. You know, one of the things uh, that I've noticed in my travels, when we start, uh, our pharmacy owners start a happier at home location, I go to their location and do a day of marketing. We have a ribbon cutting. It's really a great way for them to start off, but um in our marketing to independent living communities and assisted living communities, 
Sometimes, especially, the, well, the assisted will have agreements with pharmacies for filling their medications. Um, but a lot of the independent living facilities don't have a solution. You know, they, they are senior apartments. They're not supposed to provide every solution for those people. Uh, they're living independently. But this gives a great opportunity for the independent pharmacy owner to develop agreements with them to help maintain their census, which is mm-hmm. one of their main problems, and keep their uh, residents safely in their apartments. So do you have any advice for people about approaching independent living facilities uh, to develop agreements with them to prov- either provide the medications, have them delivered, um, or for any of the medication management solutions that we talked about today? Yeah. So the, like you said, with the assisted living, those are usually generally covered um, by a long-term care pharmacy uh, with a specific contract in place. Now there are retail pharmacies that will do assisted living. The caveat is that uh, in New York state being that you're in an assisted living, the the, uh, resident still has the choice as to which pharmacy they want to go to. So just because, you know, XYZ assisted living facility has a pharmacy contract with somebody. If somebody wanted to go outside and continue to use their independent pharmacy, they absolutely can. So they're protected with regard to that. With regard to the independent side, uh, the compliance packaging really works well for um, facilities that have day rehabilitate you know dayhead programs uh for seniors where people drop them off um a lot of the pace programs aging in place uh programs those are really good targets for um the pharmacy to go after uh, because those organizations have nurses that are providing the supervision of their medications and all of that. So, you know, PACE is getting paid a fee to make sure that they're taking their medications. So what we have done with one specific one here in Buffalo is have an agreement where we're providing all those medications and we're providing them the medication therapy management and the detail back to them. So it's actually saved them because they don't have to have a nurse looking at each individual person line by line with every medication, we're providing them a report of that. And the uh, facility is not having to dedicate nursing time to looking at these things. We're providing them a report. They can gloss over it if there's any discrepancies and then they can address it. So in in this instance, it actually saved the, uh, the, uh, uh, the PACE program money because of staffing. Very good. Mm -hmm. So saving them money, keeping their residents in place, um, mm-hmm. decreasing injury as a result of uh, non-compliance, Correct. Uh, reducing hospitalizations because of non-compliance. There's so many reasons Correct. Uh, that these independent communities Correct. can really um, partner Typically, with Typically, if they're in a PACE program, they're probably more of the non-compliant nature. So mm-hmm. uh, they're going to need that supervision. So it is time-consuming on... Uh, the part of the uh, the program that is you know administering and watching over these people. So um, you know you're you're dealing with a more at risk population. Right, right. And I know before we started, Todd and I were talking about uh, just 
What a great model you have for other independent pharmacies, right, Todd? I know I've been talking so much, but no, this is the the gold of these conversations is hearing from pharmacy owners that have built these businesses, and um, you know, the vocals, uh, Todd and Trent. I've known you for years. You've always been very innovative, but that innovation has provided your community with the services that are desperately needed anyway. I look at the Wall Street Journal. Um, who uh, does different stories on healthcare? They're talking about the need for um, home care services throughout the country. They've had several stories come up where uh, long-term care facilities are out of either beds or uh, that don't have enough services. That's number one. The Washington Post did an article about independent pharmacies uh, struggling due to vertical integration among our big uh, drug chain stores, the insurance companies, the PBMs. Um, that give uh, a lot of power to insurance plus PBM plus mail order, which sucks out the the uh, healthcare services of communities. And this same article goes on to say how there are pharmacy deserts throughout the country that are missing their independent community pharmacies. Um, Trent, you have insulated yourself from a lot of what's coming in 2024. Um, we we've nicknamed it the DIR, DIR fee apocalypse uh, of 2024. And as mm -hmm. you and I and um, Debbie were talking before we um, started recording, you were bringing up some some very strong statistics saying the fall of nearly 40% of all community pharmacies that are privately owned throughout the country. The uh, metrics that I collected from a 2021 report that had NCPDP, NCPA, and some other organizations are saying a 10% reduction. So anywhere from 10% to 40%, uh, if there's 19,000 of them out there, that means that we're talking about 2,000 to nearly five, maybe 6,000 stores that could be impacted. Think of how many communities are not going to have basic healthcare services for miles and miles and miles away and, and, and the necessary need for that. So when I think of thriving independent community pharmacies trend, I think of your model because three things. Number one, you're going to survive and you're going to, number two, you're providing your community a needed service. And number three, it's a way for our governments, our state representatives, our, you know, whoever's in charge of helping to, to help communities to get, to keep their community pharmacy services and also healthcare services they need need to understand there needs to be more that we can bolt into these community pharmacies that you have uh, done from the beginning. Can you talk to our listeners um, about um, what what steps if they're a community pharmacy they got a good reputation most of them do. What do they what do you say that they do to get to that next level in in implementing a home care service and also growing out maybe a long term care or assisted um, living service as well through their pharmacy? So, you know, if personally, I think the, the home care is the, the great model to go after because it's a private pay model. Um, yeah. You're not dealing with insurance audits. You're not dealing with DIR fees and uh, all of that. So, um, you know, it's a different model and it's going to take you time to build it up, but it absolutely um, has been, you know, 
a stalwart it's uh as far as you know income producing um so from that aspect that would be my number one uh not just because we're doing this podcast on Hipper <laughs> home but it's you know the, the the you know proof is in the pudding yep. uh and you know i can show actual results of what it does financially um getting involved in you know servicing long-term you know uh assisted living facilities and stuff like that from uh a retail pharmacy you know it's it's very labor intensive um it's you know you've got a, a, a larger client base so you're you know you've got a you know typical assisted living might be you know 150 anywhere from 100 to 200 beds mm -hmm. uh so and you're generally speaking you're going to capture probably around 90 percent of those people um but it's not something you can just walk into you've got to understand you know there's different sets of rules from each individual state as to um documentation you know orders um packaging um you're dealing with medication cards so there's a lot of research and stuff you're not just going to pick up and go to the uh you know the closest assisted living and say hey we want to do your prescriptions there's a lot of legwork in that so you've got to really you know do your homework and figure out you know what model uh you know how you're going to do it and stuff like that you're just not gonna it's not something you're going to learn on the fly you really need to know what you're doing so um but again it's increased revenue and stuff like that and it is guaranteed business um <clears throat> but it is a labor intensive model case in point why you don't see a lot of nationals in that market because it is a labor intensive uh business uh, platform. And if you are committing yourself to get into that, you do need to understand who is supplying them currently, because if right. they have uh, some of these facilities are national facilities there, right. they have, they're based in, you know, let's say, for example, Arizona, and they have many locations across the country. Well, they may have a contract and uh, it doesn't matter who that local uh, facility wants to go with, the the corporate is dictating who they go with. So understand it's not a given that even though you want to do <clears> it <throat> and you're setting yourself up to do it, it, it you need to do your homework to make in, sure that your case, money and time. In is case in point, if they have a contract, uh, it, you might not be able to get a, a crack at that business for three years. Right. So, you know, again, you know, uh, it's kind of like the funeral industry you get one crack at it and after <laughs> it's gone you don't you know it's you're out of it so you know there there is different avenues to that so there are good and bad and uh let's see so you chose to get into the dme arena mm -hmm. as well um yep. that type of thing so how how is that working for you and do you do any private pay dme so our clientele with our location, so we do <clears throat> some private pay, but generally speaking, Medicare is the primary um, payer for a lot of people uh, that need uh, those sorts of services. Um, the medical equipment is, you know, good. It's not as lucrative as it once was, you know, the different areas that were really good. Um, you know, again, it's all consolidation. So the medical equipment is a good business but you know now you've got the hospitals that have their own dme companies um 
So they're obviously, when upon discharge, they're referring to their own organization for supplies. Um, you know, we did a ton of orthopedic bracing. I mean, we were huge with orthopedic bracing. And in New York State, physicians were not allowed to provide their own bracing. Well, that changed a number of years ago. So guess what? That dried up. So now the physicians are referring to themselves and which happens to be their own PT group and they've got their own MRI center. So again, everybody's, you know, because the insurance industry has really screwed everything up, everybody's trying to, rather than, you know, having somebody refer it out, they're keeping it within because they need to, because what they're getting for a med visit is, you know, gone way down. And, you know, the labor to file all these claims and, you know, dealing with HIPAA and dealing with, you know, HR issues. I mean, we've become so regulated these days, it's impossible to just have one person doing all these things. So you've got to have multiple layers. So they're doing more work for less money. So obviously they're looking for other avenues to offset that. So that's why they start turning and referring to themselves. So, you know, it's a good business, but again, it's not as lucrative as once was. You know, I think the underlying theme here is that, um, you know, the companion care business is a private pay business. You're not dealing with insurance. The barriers to entry are minimal. Um, you know, getting involved and you got a good personality, you're going out, you're shaking hands with decision makers, you can do it. You don't have to deal with, you know, an insurance company coming in and doing an audit from something from three years ago uh, that you dispensed because the, the prescriber forgot to dot an I and they're going to take, you know, that claim back and, oh, we're going to extrapolate that because if that happened on one prescription, we're going to extrapolate that for the past three years and assume that out of the 100 prescriptions that we audited, we found uh, 1% uh, of in this little random sample. So we're going to assume that that 1% continued over the three years. So now all of a sudden you've got this huge bill and guess what? They're not going to pay you for the next three months. So it's yeah, horrible, horrible. What I what I think uh, one of the things that you said also was that these companies are referring to themselves. Mm -hmm. So this would be the beauty of an independent pharmacy owning a home care company, Mm -hmm. because I know that many community pharmacies out there have their uh, their customers coming in talking to them about what's going on with mom and dad. Uh, You know, they just came out of rehab, et cetera. And um, for many years, you all have been referring them to Mm -hmm. other home care companies. So being able to say, you know what, we have a solution to that problem. And Mm -hmm. then you can refer to yourself and keep Mm -hmm. that money under your roof. Right. Exactly. Yep. Hey, uh, Debbie, I do a lot of um, uh, stalking on um, Google about people and their businesses, especially our pharmacy owners. Uh, The Happier at Home out of Buffalo, New York, um, has some amazing reviews. Um, Very uh, proud to see that. But it's 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 a pioneer's way of thinking to say, where are the gaps in service? How can I fill in those gaps as a pharmacy owner? And will this be something that I can scale? 
because just like Trent keeps saying, it's intensive up front with some of the labor, some of the setup, some of the design. But now that you're entrenched, now that you're servicing and people are getting used to this and the reviews are coming back and it's just like, just keep building methodically. And you and talk, talk to our owners about how you made the decision to open another uh, location in a completely different state. You went from New York to Texas. Yeah, that was um, an interesting uh, scenario. So we were presented with um, the opportunity for um, a franchisee who decided that they wanted to retire and stuff like that. So um, Debbie had reached out and said, you know, would you consider taking it over and stuff like that? So um, that just kind of, you know, fell on our lap, so to speak. So um, it's not that we're actively looking for things around the country and stuff like that. So that one just kind of, you know, happened to work that way, but it's been good. You know, the models, the models, the model, it doesn't really matter where you are in the country. Uh, you know, the only difference is some states do require you to be licensed. Like in Texas, you have to be licensed. So when we switched over uh, ownership, we had to get licensed and stuff like that. It's, it's not a you know a heavy lift and it's generally speaking very easy to do it's just a, you know it's a paperwork trail and we hired a consultant that helped us to get through it and we got our certification on the first pass so um but again it's you know the doesn't matter what state you're at it's the model is the model mm -hmm. the it works and what you know debbie's figured and her team have figured out everything that there is in every scenario and you know you can talk to anybody it's it's what you put into it and if you want to put a lot into it you're going to do extremely well and if you want to you know go against the grain and not listen to tried and true practices mm -hmm. um then you're going to probably have a little bit more difficulty you know that's the reason why most people go with a franchise rather than doing it on their own because she's already figured it out what works what doesn't work so you know if you if you want to do it follow the program and it will work there's no question thank you I, i'll never forget that you we you and i were on a call with someone who wasn't following the process and kind of struggling and you said hey listen just follow the process. Just do what Debbie says and, and don't try to like ad lib and it works. It's not that hard. So yeah, I, he, yeah. He wanted to spend his money in areas that were in my view, antiquated and not what the current trend is. And he was blowing a lot of money out the window doing them. And, you know, I, Debbie asked me, you know, can you talk to him what you're doing and stuff like that and try and talk, him to you know consider stop doing it and mm -hmm. he he didn't and he, <laughs> burned, he, he burned himself out yeah yep yeah, yeah we provide i'm following sorry the, go ahead the, the algorithm for success is is always the the pathway that i'm going to want to take and bringing in the people that understand how to do it and the model has proven itself time and again now with with debbie's insertion and the natural, um, the natural impact that it has and connection that it has with community pharmacies, it just makes absolute sense. What's on the horizon, Trent, for your business expansion? Are there other areas that you're thinking, well, once again, it's, it's a need, therefore 
Maybe you take advantage of that. Um, share us about the expansion of, of Buffalo pharmacies. The only uh, expansion that we're doing is strictly in the long-term care arena. Um, <clears throat> that's really the only growth that we see um, taking place uh, at this point, you know, retail wise. No. Understandable. Yeah. All right. Well, and I already asked Trent if he was going to be at the NCPA in Florida. Unfortunately, he's not going to be there, but I'm going to be there. Todd, I'm sure you're going to be there, right? Are you sure it's going to be taking place still with the hurricane? Oh, my goodness. I know, but hopefully it's not going to create that much devastation <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at all. Uh, but uh, yeah, that that's a little ways away. So hopefully it'll be okay. Hopefully it will be. I have family there, so we're all watching it um, yeah. as it's coming across. Yeah, yes, so I'm excited. Stuff. I'm excited, Debbie, that you're empowering our community pharmacies with another division that they can grow and be very proud of. And more importantly, I like seeing profits for community pharmacies that are doing things that are good for their community anyway. And I like that cyclical effect because it really can start to take hold and provide another reputation for that community pharmacy above and beyond what they've already invested in. Every single one of these independent community pharmacies are vested in their community already. And now this is just another tool, another service that they can offer that we know that their communities are in need of. You have to do it. You really have to diversify, as we've said, yes. and and find those other ways of making money. And of course, Happier at Home being the private pay source of revenue um, is perfect to do that. And as Trent said, it also will, helps to increase your um, revenue through your pharmacy with the compliance packaging with your patients. Yep. Uh, so it, it help it works hand in hand both work well together so uh any any final thoughts todd you know i'm just wanting to encourage listeners who not who haven't looked into this yet um to look into um but go to go to buffalopharmacies.com ask questions of of trent um if there's a, a connection i think i know that there's a contact information source there just to to reach out, um, but reach out to actually Debbie and her team because they're going to sit there and actually do a an assessment. There's an entire process. It's like we're setting you up from the beginning not to fail because this is a reflection on the quality of this franchise throughout the nation. Therefore, just reach out, ask questions, take the time needed to do it right. You've you heard from Trent that he did it methodically. He laid it out correctly. It wasn't like. He just jumped into it willy-nilly without a plan. You have to have a plan. That's why uh, Debbie and her team are so important. Um, Debbie, give us a place uh, to tell the listeners who might not have seen the website and or connected with you how to get a hold of you. If you visit our website at happieratomefranchise.com, it gives a lot of information. You can go to the FAQ, the Frequently Asked Questions tab, and there are many short little videos that I've made about things that I hear from pharmacy owners as questions, uh, concerns, and I walk through each of those uh, questions in a short video. There's a lot of information on there. You could see if you go to our regular happieratome.com site, you could see where we have locations currently. And 
on our website, thehappieratomefranchise.com, you could just submit an inquiry and we'll reach out to you. It comes right across my desk and across Dave's desk, who's our VP of sales. And uh, he can make a, a quick call for you. And then once we know that you're cleared and we feel that you would um, be a great owner, then uh, you'll be speaking with me and looking at the territory, uh, stepping through the demographics of this, the territory what it looks like. And it, that's actually one of the really fun steps. So, uh, and we'll bring you through the process, just like uh, I brought Trent through it a number of years ago. Excellent. Yep. Trent, this has been um, a big deal for us as the OG, uh, Happier at Home Pharmacy, Independent oh. Pharmacy um, Fusion <clears throat> um, person who, uh, innovator, I'm going to call you the, the OG Fusion Innovator because you, you did see this <laughs> as the future. So, um, hats off to you. Well, thank you. It's been a great ride. Yep. I have loved watching you grow. Now he has three locations of Happier at Home. It's pretty cool. That's awesome. So. All right. Well, we thank you so much, um, Happier at Home team, Debbie, for this episode of Happier at Home PRN. Trent, thank you so much for sharing thank your you. story. This was inspirational. It. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yes. Thanks, thanks guys. See you next time. Thank you.